Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. Welcome to the Action Catalyst podcast. This is Dan Moore, and today we want to present a conversation between Southwestern Consulting's Ron Alford and former WNBA president and founder of Generation W, Donna Orender. It's a great talk, covering Donna's role as a trailblazer in the sports world, how to bulldoze through complacency, and the primacy of always moving forward. Be sure to subscribe now if you haven't already, so that you don't miss out on any other exciting episodes like this one, and we hope that you enjoy the show. We have Donna Orinder with us today. She currently is the founder of Generation W, but obviously the track record is incredible. And so Donna, can you, maybe just for our listeners, walk us through a little bit of your past, president of the WNBA and all, but just kind of walk us through maybe a little bit of the background leading up to how you started your current company. Yeah, be happy to. I was just one of those little girls that loved to play in a world that told little girls they shouldn't really want to play. There's not many places for you to play, right? I think we're all part of worlds, and even our world today, it doesn't exactly give us the messages that encourage us. Ultimately, I actually played basketball at an elite level. I'm not the girl you look at even today. When I tell our teen girls I played professional basketball, they all start laughing. I ended up going into uh, the media, television, cable television. I've had my own production company. I always like to say that I work for the big company. I've worked for the upstart company, which got, you know, I, I do a lot of work now with startups. And then I worked out of my pocket. I think you learn the most when you work out of your own pocket. Uh, so I worked at ABC Sports and I had my own company before I got recruited to work for the PGA Tour. And uh, I didn't know anything about golf, but I knew a lot about television. And I spent 17 years ending up moving down to Florida. I actually, they bought my company um, and then ultimately got the call to run the WNBA. Again, totally unexpected, but certainly a passion of mine that has become even a, a more a developed passion because I learned about how the world felt about women and girls in particular. Yeah. I'm always curious how much, you know, confidence is born in us versus how much it's a developed thing. And so when I look at your childhood, even like I read something on, I don't think there was a girls tennis team and you ride out for the boys tennis team, you beat the boys basically. And then like you, you had this confidence about you. And then even leading up to what you just said with the PJ tour, the WNBA, like it, taking on these things when it's like you didn't know a lot about golf, how have you developed that kind of confidence? You know, it's interesting. People say, oh, you're so confident. And I, I don't know if I'm that confident or I'm just good at kind of hiding the fact that I'm comfortable in figuring it out as I go. I do know that being an athlete has a tremendous impact on the ability to feel like you can accomplish something. I always say I wasn't the fastest. I didn't jump the highest. But I did have a belief that I could work harder and no one could work harder than me to reach a goal. And in that process, learn how to pull from yourself more than you ever thought capable. And if there's one lesson I've learned my whole life that stayed with me, I've come to recognize and cherish, that would be the one. Well, I love that you just took it there because listening to you, like you tied your confidence to a controllable, your work ethic, you know, and outworking people. I hope all the listeners caught that. Right. Listen, work is important. I, I think today, I think people think it's magical. Like they don't think it will magically happen. 
And if you look at all of the great athletes, all of the great business people, by and large, everybody's worked really, really hard, but they make it look easy. And we don't see that. We didn't see Michael Jordan working two hours after a playoff game, working on a shot. We just thought, oh, look at Michael. He's so smooth. This guy worked. You can look at Tiger Woods. I mean, Tiger Woods worked hard. He, ha- he does have an incredible gift, but he, you know, he was on the range early. He was on the range late. He was always working on his game. He was always working out. He was always trying to figure out a way to do more. Look at Tom Brady. Again, not a physically gifted athlete. I don't know if you've anybody read the story, but he keeps his scouting report from when he got out of college in his locker and basically said, too skinny, right? Arms not strong enough, doesn't have a lot of mobility, right? So, you know, the world defines us in certain ways. You know what? We have to be able to have the strength to be able to define ourselves in the ways that we want to be. Well, I wanted to ask you, you know, for you growing up in a world where you obviously were working to get into athletics and there wasn't a ton of opportunity. And then in the career world, you know, a lot of the things you've done and, and, and are helping other females pioneer and think differently. I'm sure you've had to have setbacks. Like you've had to have times where it was so discouraging. You wanted to give up. You wanted just to get angry. Or how do you manage those emotions when you feel there's unfairness in the world? And I guess fuel it for good. So I feel like there's a lot of unfairness in the world. I feel that often. I really, and there's people around me that do, right? A lot of people around me. My work is about actually speaking to how we can be the best selves that we can be in a world that has a place for us. I like to focus on what's possible, what we can do to get there with a uncompromising belief that we will, even though there are those little bits of doubt. Um, I, I will share with you that when I came to the WNBA, it was a business in distress. It was an organization in distress. A lot of the believers, there was a core of them, but a lot of people didn't think that this business was going to make it another day. And I remember feeling like, wow, what can I, what, what will I do? And I remember closing my door thinking, I will not hear this negativity anymore. That there is only one path here. It is only about success. I will take one step at a time. And that's what I'm going to dedicate myself to. And I could see the path. I see those girls out there. I see those little boys out there. They, they need this. This is too important to them. And I said, we will do everything we can to make this happen. And it was an all-consuming pursuit to build a foundation of belief for both the core believers. But I always find that there's a next layer of people who want to believe, but you got to give them a way to say yes. There, there's just that little that little bit of barrier that they're not so sure they can step in. And when you can say, yeah, you can come in, then all of a sudden you get, you're solidified. You you said you focus on what's possible. Yes. You focus on what someone else's opportunity or what someone has or or you don't have or how so-and-so got a promotion or so-and-so landed that deal. Boy, if you focus on that, it is bound to just drive you crazy. But your focus of, of, of what's possible and turning something around how do you give it to someone else though? I'm, I'm curious, like for you, I got to think some of our listeners just think, man, you're, you're gritty nature. You got this personality, this, you know, you, you seem very passionate. What kind of pep talk, what kind of strategies, are there any ways you've helped people overcome doubt or lack of faith? So I think there's a couple of ways that we do that now. I mean, my organization, Generation W, which is all about educating, inspiring and connecting women and girls, um, elevating the human spirit. I think it comes both from a collective 
bringing people together in community where energy gets exchanged. And, and it's funny because the pandemic now is, I mean, it's funny, but it shows us just the power of community and why it's so vital to our humanity. It's so validating of everything that we have been doing. And then we get in smaller groups to be able to personally speak to your own unique way, because we all think that no one thinks like us, no one has issues like us. So the collective allows us to grab this uh, energy that begins to elevate us. And then in the smaller groups, we begin to get this personalized feedback that, hey, other people think like me, but here's my situation. And you get feedback and then you feel like all of a sudden that you can take on the world. And you know what? We all need to feel that way. I don't, you know, and there's no reason why we shouldn't feel that way. Even understanding that there's bias, prejudice, racism, sex, all those things are here. But if we don't think we can fix them, then we never will. Yeah. And taking on the world for each person might look different. You know, maybe it's just getting out of bed that morning. Maybe it's making the phone calls they need to get their business to another level. It's going to look different for each individual. Absolutely. And it's funny when I, I speak to girls, I'll get up there and say, who here thinks they can change the world? And they all look at each other because that sounds, to your point, when it's a beautiful point, Ron, like, like that's so big. I'm like, okay, did you smile at someone today? Because you changed the world. That smile impacted that person. Were you kind to somebody today? That changed the world, right? All of that input of goodness and positivity changes the world incrementally. And I always believe if you take incremental steps, you make exponential change. Well said. So what, this is one thing that always fascinates me is the topic of complacency. And we used to jokingly call it satisfied-itis. It's a disease that we can all get where it's like, eh, you know, my, my fitness, my marriage, my whatever it is. We, we just get kind of complacent and kind of comfortable. You've been a pioneer of sorts. You've done what you've done with the PGA. You've done what you've done with the WNBA. I mean, why not just rest and, and enjoy Florida sunshine? Like, what is it that drives you at this season of your life now to start a new business and, and be the CEO of Generation W? Well, I truly love what we do. I love the work. I love the impact. I will say that um, I think thanks to my parents, I think being curious doesn't allow you to be complacent, right? So I wake up and I, I want to read about everything. I want to learn about what's going on. I want to, I'm very aware now, much more so than I was younger, how time moves and how quickly things change and impact the culture. And I want to make sure that I understand, I, I want to be in that as much as I want to be an observer of it. I want to be a participant in it. I don't want to be watching it going by me. I want to be on the train as it's going. And I think it, it comes from this natural kind of curiosity and, and this idea that learning is something that's exciting, which I believe honestly, truly run that learning is one of those superpowers that's going to take everybody forward, right? We talk about skilling and reskilling and job market and all that. If you're curious about the world and you want to learn new things and it's not a reflection of about how smart you are or how competent you are necessarily, it's about wanting to participate, having some value to contribute. I'm, as, as I'm listening to you, I'm sitting here thinking, man, I want my daughter to hang out with you. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, Cause you know, it's, it's, it's one thing for parents to tell our kids like, man, learning is a superpower kid. I'm a mom of boys, just so you know, which is always ironic. And, and they teach me all the time. They really do. And it's, it's fantastic to be able to go back and forth with your kids about whether it's issues or what they're interested in. And this constant encouragement, like one of my sons, like we exchange books all the time and goes, okay, mom, I finished this book. What, what's their next to read? 
And I, I can't tell you how exciting that is for me. And then I can say, okay, what are you seeing? What are you looking at? It's really a lot of fun. Both of them now are, are, are big readers. I would encourage everybody to encourage their kids. They're for everyone to read. Reading is, I don't know. I find re- reading's like traveling. Like I can't, I'm not going anywhere now, but if I can find a good book that takes me to another place, another time, another culture, allows me to escape into another world and learn, I am very happy. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe one day one of them will have a girl and you'll, you know. Totally. Well, you know, listen, they, they, they actually taught me a lot about young girls from their perspective, which I think is very valuable. Everyone says, well, I got to take care of my girls. And I'm like, we got to take care of our girls and our boys. We really need both. Now, girls do need time together. They really do, as do boys. But I, I would, we would talk a lot about girls and what they saw and what they felt and why girls were, would act one way versus another way. It, it was really helpful for me. And I, I, my, one of my favorite memories in running the WNBA was I always try to go to um, the New York Liberty game because that's where our office was and that's where I was staying. And my kids were with me. My, my husband um, would commute. He commuted for a while and then I commuted for a while. And uh, I would bring them in their entire little league team. They used to play little league in Central Park. So all the little boys, now I had access, right? So here they are in Madison Square Garden, right? The mecca of basketball. And they had to the access and they're all running to get the girls, the athletes autographs. And I said, you know, I can do as many classes in bias or this. Or this is life learning about teaching value and equity. My son, I was cleaning up the drawers the other day. What did I find? I found his autograph book from the WNBA. He never threw it out. It's still valuable to him. And so what does that say to him now, a young man in his 20s, about where women fit in and, and the importance of women athletes and all of those other things that he learned as an eight-year-old running around the WNBA, uh, the Madison Square Garden Court. And that's the other thing. Learning is everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah, well said. I guess this is a question for you as well. Is have you seen things that people do to, to keep humility versus letting victories go to their head and, and turn into arrogance or pride? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I have seen a lot of arrogance in ego, for sure. I think that people who have a good sense of perspective are able to keep themselves in perspective. I think there is a gender I would say gender bias here, but I do think by and large, men and women are taught to handle recognition differently. And for men, it's like, yes, I am the best. You'll see little boys at five years old saying, yes, I am the best. Like, where does that come from? Whereas girls are like, I'm not so sure I can do this or I should do this. It's a, it's a very interesting phenomenon of either a co- of culture. We talked about like, are we learned? Are we taught? Combination of genetics. I'm not exactly sure. But to see those kind of trends continue throughout someone's career is very interesting. Yeah, boy. Well, I have a few more questions here. You know, we talk a lot about affirmations and self-talk, right? I mean, our self-talk leads to our self-image. And self-image leads to actions and behaviors, which leads to the results we get in life. And so we always talk to people, if you want to change your results, go back to the root. It's self-talk. It's affirmations. And so even listening to your language, I love getting intentional about listening to the way people frame words. And hearing you say, I love to learn. I am curious. I focus on what's possible. Literally, you are affirming nonstop. And, and I do talk to myself all the time. I think about a time. So I'm an athlete. And I understand that when you train your muscles, the training gives them an ease of use and a recognition of purpose. Unless you do it over and over and over again. 
Well, there's so many things we do in life that we don't realize we do over and over and over again. So for me, uh, people would think, oh, you're an extrovert, you're this. The truth of the matter is I walk in a room and if I don't know a lot of people, I feel very uncomfortable. And so I also say, Donna, you've done this many times before. Ultimately, at the end, it will be successful. Just take a deep breath. You are okay. And you can do this. That helps. You can do this, right? That's my, this is possible. You can do it. And so this idea of self-talk, I didn't realize the patterns of speech. That's really very, very interesting. But this idea of actually talking to yourself, I do that a lot. And I also talk to our community a lot about that. What do you mean your community? Well, Gen, our Gen W community and our girls as well. So our Gen W, which is our community of women and men, and then our community of teen girls and mentors. Yeah. A lot of times it's the way, just like if I say, hey, Donna, if you and I were old friends and I say, hey, how have you been? I'm like, how's your week going? How, how are you? You have a moment there where you say, man, I'm just feeling peace, feeling right where I should be. You know, I feel a lot of good energy. You speak that truth because the affirmation becomes reality. When I say I am or I feel, and so that's why it's just neat listening to you because you, it's easy to see why you've been able to impact a lot of people in your journey and, and do the things you've done with that kind of self-talk. So, you know, we've all heard the quotes of we're kind of the average of the five or so people that we associate the most with. You're, you have obviously had a lot of close connections in your, in your different path, you know, through the years. How do you choose who you spend your most time with? And is that, does that affect you a lot? Like if you're around people that are naysayers and complaining about this and complaining about that, do you try to consciously shut that off and be around people that are more optimistic and positive or? Absolutely. So, matter of fact, there's a period of my life, not, not recently, where the people around me were so good and so positive and everything felt so fluid. I said, I must be cheating. <laughs> life shouldn't be like this. Or what do shouldn't be like this? Life is not like this. This is not real life. Real life has much more conflict in it. And I realized it's because I had found this community of people that it was all so positive and supportive. And it, it was so, so good. In contrast to other places I've been, which have been so toxic, not only emotionally depleting, but physically depleting. And I think when you experience that, you, when you see the other side, you not only recognize it, but you gravitate and say, I want this and I am going to make this happen. So it becomes a much more intentional way to live as opposed to letting everything just come at you. You intentionally make it happen for yourself. Yeah, it's crazy to me. I just think it's so hard. I'd like to think I'm impenetrable and I'm not influenced as much as I am. But I know when I'm around people that are just upset about this and uh, the weather sinks and government this, government that, it, it, it does pull you down. You tend to, to focus on things that you don't have or that are wrong versus being around people that are just practicing gratitude and appreciating things. And also finding solutions, right? So I really do believe that there's a way to accomplish, I don't, I'm going to say everything, yeah, right? There's a way to always move forward towards something. And when people say, well, we can't do this, it makes me, what do you mean we can't do it? Of course we can do it. We might not be able to do it this way or maybe that, but there is a way. We might not choose that way, but there's always a way. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, we need to hear that so much. It's true that the, my kids know the word can't is the most, that's worse than any other cuss word they can say around our house. Yeah, you know, I will say that even knowing that I sit on the V Foundation Board for Cancer Research. Right? And so literally I'm surrounded by, you know, scientists and a phenomenal board all looking for a way to meet one of the, you know, real health criminals, right? Cancer. 
And yet, if we didn't approach every single day thinking, hey, there is a way, and that the fact that we are moving towards a way, then we couldn't do the work we were doing, could we? Yep, exactly. And whether it's with cancer, whether it's with, you know, like you said, the racial stuff, the, you know, whatever, just believing that these things are possible. One of the questions we got, what would you say to women who are actively working to build a career in a predominantly male industry? I'd say, first of all, great for you. Well done. If this is something you love and you want to pursue and think you can be successful, contribute, you should do it. Going it alone can be hard. So I think what you want to do is you want to find connections. And there's different kinds of connections that you can build. And they don't necessarily, obviously, there's not a lot of women there, but men as well. Like some of my biggest champions have been men. And as more and more women came around, I wanted to build those relationships. Um, but you want people inside your work and also outside your work that you can, you can be supportive of you. Well, there's one last one, and I want to wind this down. This is so incredible. Just disappointment. Like right now, the discouragement, I think, all, all this stuff going on where there's dissent and there's tension and are there things you do to unite? Because you're bringing, I mean, with Generation W, you're bringing a lot of people together from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different parenting styles. How do you unite them in love? I mean, are there things you do that unite us together? My fundamental belief is that there is a commonality to all of us that keeps us together. And so, you know, it's so easy to segment. Well, you're this and you're this and you're this. When we bring women together, I mean, there is a core foundation of love around women. They want their families if, to be safe, whether it's their parents or their kids, if they have them. They want to be the best that they can be. People who come to gender, Generation W self-identify as like, I want to be better. I want to learn more. I want to meet new people. I, I want to discover. I want to explore. You know, and you know what? I, that's in mostly all of us. I can't say everyone because it's never everyone. And I'm okay that it's not everyone, but by and large, it's most of us. Yeah. The human spirit is awesome. And if you can get past the surface level, you know, little, little disagreements or things that we have, the way we see the world, you know, it's, it's like deep down in there, there is a spirit that unites us, you know, wanting to do the right thing, wanting to be for what's right. You know, it's powerful. I, I agree. And if there are people that don't want to do that, remember we talked about, that's okay. Then I don't, we don't have to be around each other. And I'll just give you a quick little analogy. When I ran the WNBA, there were a lot of naysayers, a lot. And there continue to be around women in sports. They're less, but they're being drowned out more by the bigness and of uh, the people who are joining the movement as well as those who are contributing and investing. Fantastic, right? But at the time, negativity, negativity. And there's like, you know, sports talk radio was so toxic. They were questioning our right to exist as humans. I'm like, who are these people? And so I did the simplest thing I could. I just turned it off and I just said, you know what? You're not going to be part of our future. Why would I spend my time doing that? There's all these other people who want to be. Let's talk to them. Let's unite and team up with them. Let's create success with them. And that's what we did. Yeah, I love that. You said learning is a superpower earlier. You're talking now about another superpower of ignoring. <laughs> I know what I got to do and that's what I'm going to do. But if I listen to all of you, it will take away all my energy and my focus and actually beat me to the ground. And that's not going to happen because if that happens and I can't do what I'm supposed to be here to do. Well, I could talk to you all day. So three key takeaways, guys, for our listeners from listening to Donna. One that just stood out, you said, where is my focus? And, and, and consciously thinking, what am I focusing on? Am I focusing on the negativity or am I focusing on what's possible? Uh, that was my first big one. The second one you talked about was not hiding, like embracing community. 
like getting out and embracing because it reminds us that we're not alone. And then the one that I love where you talked a lot about reading, being curious, learning is a superpower. I appreciate that. I do. I, as you can tell, I feel them passionately. I live them passionately. And uh, it's been great to get your interaction and feedback and also kind of validation. I appreciate that. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, we're doing so much good in the world. So thank you. And so thank you again for joining us and taking time out of your busy day. We appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.